0: John 8, verse 31, all the way through 47. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We're the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You're doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us. And we pray that that you would help us to hear and to listen and to love and to abide in your word. The only way that we are changed, the only way that we are um, from slave to free, is if you do the work. So we ask that you would do that, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Uh, once upon a time, on a hot summer day, uh, my little brother, who was 10 at the time, he was really upset with my parents. Um, he, they, he said that he was upset that with the way that they were parenting me. I don't really get that, but whatever. Um, but he was getting really upset about it, and, and he was just like, all right, I've had it. Um, I'm leaving. I'm running away from home. And so he started to get his things together. Um, and as he did that, I, I was trying to reason with him. I was like, hey, look, it's, uh, it's like 1,000 degrees outside. Like, you're not going to make it very far. Don't go. <clears throat> to which he said, like, very loudly and, and just very astoundingly, he's like, freedom! Like, with the finger and everything. And I... I mean, what logic am I going to use to argue with that? So I just let him go. Um, and then what I'm, what I'm sure felt like a, a two to three mile journey for uh, my 10-year-old brother, um, he couldn't make it any further. And so he sat underneath the little tree <clears throat> where he would surely be hidden from any parents that were trying to stop his freedom. And the house you see on the right, next to Royal, up there, um, that was our house, um, and the little tree is this one you see. So he didn't go very far. Um, but it, it doesn't seem like a terrible hiding place until you notice one just distinct characteristic about my brother, which is his hair. How can you hide that? Like, you have to wear a hat to hide that. So um, I actually did some, some, uh, some crude Photoshop just to show you what it would have looked like. <laughs> for him. It would be really hard for him to hide. Um, so we, uh, we went on the long journey over to my brother's hiding spot. We found him, um, and he's, he tried to run away again, but before he did, he did the same thing. He's like, freedom! And he, and he took off running again. Um, that's just him. He's great. Uh, but whether or not you and I like to admit it, we're a lot like Isaac. We want our freedom. But I think the issue with you and I is that we have a tendency to think that we are already free. We think freedom is doing whatever we want. We think that Jesus is really just trying to take away our freedom by giving us um, a bunch of rules to follow. So we do exactly what these men do, and we argue with God and we say, No, we're okay. We've never been enslaved to anybody. What, what would we need to be free for? That's not freedom. We are slaves to sin. It's why sometimes it seems impossible to say no to sin. It's actually why we sin in the first place. We're slaves to it. And we even like to think more highly of ourselves than is actually real, than reality. And we say things like, yeah, I've never been enslaved to anyone. But the truth is, no one walks into prison, is shackled to the floor, puts the cuffs on and says, all right, now, now I'm free. Like, that would be a crazy thought, but I think that's exactly the way we think when we sin. I think that's the truth when we sin. You and I want freedom from the slavery that we are in. You and I all collectively, freedom! Nope, just me. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But deep down, I think you and I get a sense that, that verse 35 is true. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. You and I long to be adopted into this new family where we are no longer slaves, but sons and daughters where we will live forever. We don't want to be slaves. We want to be free. And here's the good news. God offers it. And it's here in John 8. We want it. And how it's described by Jesus as to how we get it is we abide in God's word. If you look at verse 31. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If we abide in God's word, we will be free. And to abide, like literally translated means to endure or stay. Stay. So how do we endure? How do we stay? We do so in two ways. And we'll see it here in John 8. We hear from God's word. We hear, we hear from... We hear God's words and we believe God's word. We hear God's word and we believe God's word. We abide in God's word by hearing and listening to God's word in a truly realistic and humbling way and by believing God's word over any other truth that is out there that we may think is true You and I can only be free in this way. There is no other way by which we get this freedom. And it's difficult stuff because you and I are sinful people who sin a lot. But the promise from God is if we abide in God's word, if we are truly his disciples, if we know the truth, then that truth will set us free. So uh, we get there by hearing God's Word. If you look at verse 31, it begins with the word, so. So, we I thought that was funny. Man, nobody... Okay. Uh, So, it means we need context. So, if you look at uh, verse 30, as he, which is referring to Jesus, was saying these things, many believed in him. So, what sort of things was he saying? If you look at uh, verse 24, I told you... "...that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins." So Jesus is speaking to this huge crowd, and they're full of Pharisees, just a bunch of different people, um, and a whole mess of people leave because of that line. They're like, nope, alright, we're, we're heading out, like this is ridiculous. Um, maybe they have some of the same thoughts of like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person, I don't need to hear all this, so I'm out. Um, And then, so we we come to verse uh, 31 and now there's this other group of people, the people who believed um, and Jesus is actually going to say something that makes them really upset as well. And he starts by saying, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I think their reply, like what they have to say is really funny um, because I, I think it's what we would say if we were honest. But they answered him. We are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus has just offered eternal salvation and they believed that. They're like, yeah, we want that. But then when he says, you're a slave, you need to be free, they are like, nah, I think you got something mixed up. Eternal life, yes, but I'm no slave. I'm a grown man. Look at how awesome I am. But Jesus in his grace and love responds with great reality, and I I think this is exactly what you and I need. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And the, the issue with this sin is verse 35. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. All these people are believing in Jesus, quote unquote, but right when he calls them slaves to sin, they're up in arms and then he just levels with them. He just says, Can anyone tell me that you do not sin? Nope. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to it, but more importantly, like this is what I think that Jesus was trying to say, like, more importantly, I'm offering you freedom from it. It's, the, the important part is not that you are a slave. The important part is I'm offering you freedom from that slavery. But they still don't get it. Why? Jesus explains it a few times. In verse 43, he even just asks them, why do you not understand what I say? And I, I wish the, the Bible showed like dramatic pauses and, and had like, you know, like Jesus waited for a minute to see if anybody would answer. Um, but so it, I feel like he just said, no one? Good, let me answer for you. And he answers the question for them. Uh, it's because you cannot bear to hear my word. And then again in verse 47, he says, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Jesus is speaking But they're not really listening. Part of abiding in God is hearing God's words, words that spell out reality and truth as it is. You guys are slaves to sin, but they're not hearing it. So, what does abiding in this way look like? The opposite of this passage. Like, the, the only reason this passage is this long is because they don't get it. Like, he has to try to, to level with them. Like, guys, look, I'm, try- I'm telling you the truth. But they're fighting it and they're not listening. So, um, just for the sake of clarity, here's a video of someone who is hearing, just not really hearing. It's just, there's all this pressure you know, and sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on, Ow. if you would just. Don't! Try to see things, more. It's just. There's all this pressure. (laughs) Hashtag relatable. Am I right? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Um, The reason these people weren't listening to Jesus is because Jesus had some really tough things to say. Um, He called them slaves and and it wasn't just a a cool illustration of of what they were. It's, It's the actual state of where they were. They just weren't listening. For you and I, Part of abiding in God's word is that we will come across a lot of really tough stuff when we read God's word. Like being a Christian, you're going to come a lot. We are going to come by a lot of difficult situations, circumstances. That's part of it. But the way that we tackle these things should not be like these guys saying, no, 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 that's, that's not me. When we come to the Bible, we're all going to have a lot of sinful junk that we bring into it, that we bring to the table, and we're going to argue a lot with Jesus in this way, um, and we'll think he's a little too harsh or a little unfair or whatever, but our stance should be, God, I believe that you are perfect, even if something you say goes against what I think is best. Even if I am called a slave to sin, surely you know my reality better than I do. It takes humility to listen. It takes God-given humility to listen. So how can you work on yours? In what ways can you approach the Bible now with this in mind? You and I want freedom. We need freedom, and we get there by hearing God's word and also by believing God's word if you look at verse 38 says I speak of what I have seen with my father and you do what you have heard from your father he's talking about Satan and they answered him and here they go again they're arguing their okayness um, their lack of a need for freedom we aren't slaves Jesus And they say Abraham is our father not the devil Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You guys say that you're from Abraham, but he wouldn't do this to me. You were doing the works your father did, and then this part is just crazy to me. Um, They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. What? What? Where did that come from? Like, what part of the argument in their brain was like, oh, well. <clears throat> um, so I, I don't know why they brought this up, but, um, but maybe they were just like, hey, look, Jesus, uh, we didn't want to have to bring this up, but uh, we don't do that. Like, w- see how good we are? We're not, we surely couldn't be slaves. We don't do that stuff. And then they even capped their argument with, uh, we have one Father, even God which honestly just makes their argument worse because just two lines before they said, Abraham's our father. Now they're saying God's their father. It makes no sense. Um, But in verse 42, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not not of my own accord, but he sent me. I am from the father you claim to have. And in verse 44, you are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he doesn't have to try. He speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. And then it's here that we get to the crux of of all of these issues. But I tell you the truth. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Jesus just said, essentially, if I was to lie like Satan, you'd believe me then. And then he says, which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He says, can you tell me why it is that you do not believe me? Can you show me what it is about me that makes you, that causes you not to believe me? There's nothing. For you and I, abiding in God's Word means we believe God. We believe God's Word. Uh, One of my other little brothers, Luke, um, he was and and he's still a pretty big daredevil. um, He would just do crazy jumps and flips everywhere. It was kind of all my fault and my doing um, because I would just... As a baby, I'd throw him up in the air and wait for him to come down, and, and then I'd catch him. Um, <clears throat> and we would do flips and stuff. it was really cool. But um, one of the things he really liked to do was he would get onto a counter or a bed, and he would just say, "I'm Batman," and then he would run and jump off of said whatever he was on, and you had to catch him. because like, he would just jump, so you had to be ready for it. Um, it was a really fun game. Um <laughs> But, like, I still, whenever I hear somebody say, I'm Batman, I'm looking around for, like, to catch them. Even if it's a grown man, I'm like, oh, I got you, buddy. Um, but uh, on this day, I wasn't paying attention too much. Um, I was on the other side of the room, and I was unable to catch Luke. I, so I saw him out of the peripherals, standing on the bed, and he said, I'm Batman. Um, and he just takes off running and jumps. I'm like, what are you doing? Nobody's there. Um... And the result looks a little something like this. We never played Batman after that day. <laughs> because Luke didn't trust me anymore. <laughs> if I were to ask the question, Luke, why do you not believe me? He could just pull out this picture and go, well, that's why I don't believe you, Jake, you, you, didn't, you dropped me. Um, but part of, part of abiding in God's word is believing God in His Word. And it's easy to be skeptical for all of us because we have humans who drop us. We have humans who aren't there to catch us. But that is Jesus' argument. Show me why it is that you do not believe me. I am not like a human in that way. I will not drop you. I will not fail. There is no reason that you can give. Why do you not believe What is it in you that causes you not to believe God's Word? So you and I abide in, we stay in, and we endure in God's Word by hearing it and believing it. And if we do, then God promises freedom. Cool. So we read our Bibles, we hear God's Word, we we believe it, we're set free. But have you ever actually tried that? It's really hard. Sure, some days, one day you're doing really well, the next day, I tanked. What about on those days? Well, I think it's interesting the way that the Bible describes the words word and truth. Because the word <clears throat> word is described in John one verse fourteen as and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word refers to Jesus. And not only that, in John fourteen, six Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, at first, this seems like just another verse talking about how we should read our Bibles and and be good little Christians, but it's really a call to abide in Jesus Christ. There is no separating Jesus from truth, there is no separating Jesus from God's Word. Why is this important? Because the reason God's word frees us from slavery and the reason we are adopted into the family is because of Jesus. Not because of our ability to hear and believe. Our freedom is found in Jesus Christ and it's not some ethereal, out there freedom, but the one for us here today when we sin on the way home today, when we jack it up tomorrow, uh, when Tuesday's an awful just train wreck of us trying to love Jesus, when Wednesday marks actually the third week in a row that we haven't read our Bibles, and when Sunday comes around again and we're sitting and and worship starts and and we just can't even bear to even sing the words about being forgiven because we just feel so guilty and, and guilt ridden. too hard to think about how Jesus loves us when we think about how sinful and messed up we are. Jesus gives us freedom. It's not up to us. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. Thank God. Our hope is found in the fact that Jesus laid down his sonship in perfect heaven to give it to you and I. Our hope is found in the fact that Jesus took on the penalty of our slavery to sin and was cast out of the family so that you and I could be adopted in. Our hope, our hope is found in Jesus and Jesus only who makes the slave a free man. There is no other way but Jesus. Just imagine. Just think with me for a second. One day you and I will be in heaven. Sitting at the family table. Enjoying a great meal. And we're going to laugh at one of God's jokes. I bet he's got really good dad jokes. Just, that's a dad joke. Anyway. Um, and the, the room is just going to erupt in joy. Because we will be in the presence of Jesus. Jesus. That's freedom. That's freedom. And that's exactly what Jesus gives us here in John 8. If you are here today and you are free because of Jesus, we're going to actually take a peek at what that dinner table is going to look like. We're going to take communion here together. And as we sit, just as we will do forever will be glorifying and praising the one who has made us free. But if you're here this morning and you have yet to forsake your slavery to sin and you have yet to cry out to God to make you free in this way, to make you a part of the family, I ask that you would remain in your seat on the basis of 1 Corinthians that actually says this is a family matter. But if this is you, this freedom can be yours today. Today. Turn from your slavery to sin. Turn to Jesus. And the cool thing is, Jesus desires to have you at that table. So uh, we're going to take communion together. And as we do, here is our prayer together. Father, thank you for the freedom you have given me in Jesus. Never stop reminding me of it. It was, uh, it was actually a Roman custom. that when a father died, a son was made free from that family to join another family. So as sinners before Jesus, you and I are slaves and thus sons and daughters of Satan. But listen to Hebrews 2.14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. How do we know for sure that we are free? How can we be continually reminded on our worst days that we have been adopted into a new family? We know because on the night when he was betrayed, Father, we thank you for the immense and just oceans of grace that you have shown us through your Son. We thank you for the freedom that we have never experienced, never known you gave it to us. And we thank you that it is not based on what we could muster up or our ability to do well but only on Jesus. Would you allow that truth to set us even more free today? We thank you and we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.